Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Ready, Just call me Swanee. Tiger style. Tiger style. Finally, Clemson Sports Talk has come back to drive time. Hello, everybody. Lawton Swan back in the saddle once again. It is the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk for you each and every afternoon as you make your way around the great state of South Carolina and beyond listening to us on incredible radio stations like Fox Sports Radio 1400, the Midlands around the world. The iHeart Radio app downloaded today. Your Clemson Tigers tonight, 7:01 in the PM. We'll get things rocking and rolling against the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. The surprising Wake Forest Demon Deacons coming into this game. They are 21 and 7, 11 and 6 in the league. Steve Forbes just a couple of years into his tenure there. I think it's third full year, and they are playing really good. Basketball. Clemson 12 and 15, 4 and 12 in the ACC, riding a six game losing streak. And uh, we still, I don't think, have heard 100% whether or not PJ Hall will be available. I, I know we heard some audio from Brad Brownell earlier this week, uh, just talking through what it could look like for PJ, conversations about even shutting him down. I don't know if he'll be able to go or not. I, again, have not seen anything official. On that front, as of yet, 803-450-0086, text line and phone line. Yesterday, the Clemson Tiger baseball team moved to 4-0 and on the season with a 2-1 victory over Coastal Carolina. I, I know that a lot of Clemson Tiger fans uh, ride each and every pitch on pins and needles, and the Tigers outlasted the Cougars in uh, thanks in part to a two-run home run from Caden Grice. As a matter of fact, that home run, I believe we talked about it right before we went off the airwaves, and Clemson gets the J-O-B-D-O-N-E, the job done. Notably, I think it was the Clemson baseball social media team. Remember, yesterday was 2-2-22. Well, to take that a Step forward, Caden Grice hit his second home run of the season. (laughs) Second home run of the season. A two-run homer on a two-ball, two-strike count with two outs. So again, lots of twos there. Let's see, how many many was that? So it was 
2-22-22. That's five. And Caden Grice hit a second. That's a two. Home run on a two-ball, two-strike count with two outs. And it was a two-run homer. So 10 total twos there uh, when you uh, stack them up. <laughs> so pretty good. Uh, pretty good work by the Clemson baseball social media team as Clemson comes away with a 2-1 victory yesterday. And the Tiger baseball team now, uh, as I mentioned, the Tigers are 4-0. and They will continue their homestand in a three-game series starting this weekend against Hartford over at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. That matchup set for 4 o'clock. That, however, was not or is not the only event taking place in Tigertown this weekend. There's a lot. On the 25th, Not even that's not even the first event, by the way, taking place in Tigertown this weekend. The first event will be a baseball game, or excuse me, a softball game between the Boston University Terriers and your Clemson Tigers at 2.30. That softball game sold out. 4 o'clock, you can still get tickets to see Hartford and Clemson at Doug Kingsmore Stadium at 4. Then rowing Saturday morning at 8.30 with free admission as Alabama and Clemson go head-to-head there. Then back at it on the diamond at 3 o'clock for Hartford and Clemson on Saturday. You've also got softball on Saturday at 3 o'clock as the lady softball team will face off with St. Francis, the national champion men's soccer team, also gets back after it for a friendly against the Greenville Triumph, the pro team from over in Greenville. That's at 3 o'clock at Historic Riggs Field on on Saturday. Then at 5 o'clock, you've got another softball matchup for Clemson. Uh, as the softball team faces the Akron Zips at 5, that's sold out. Then they have a softball Clemson Classic Championship game at 12.30 on Sunday that is sold out. Those two teams who are playing yet to be determined. And then the final game of the baseball series at 1 o'clock at Doug Kingsmore Stadium between Clemson and Hartford. So uh, if if you've got some time available to you, Coming up this weekend, uh, you should have a wonderful opportunity to go out and see some incredibly talented Clemson student-athletes this weekend playing in a multitude of sports uh, over a three-day period. 803-450-0086. 86. Again, Monty Lee, we'll hear from him coming up in just a little bit following Clemson's 2-1 victory over the College of Charleston, his former institution, uh, and for the Tigers, a quick start uh, out to 4-0 overall. Now, as for this Clemson Tiger basketball team, again, coming into this game, most likely without P.J. Hall, certainly uh, without Hunter Tyson, it's going to make some some tough sledding against a Wake Forest team that has played very well this season. 
looking at it, one of the notable stats, if you will, that I, I've kind of seen here emerge the past few weeks is what's happened with Nick Honor most recently. And it's, it's, it's a pretty significant drop-off that we've seen from Nick Honor dating back to the matchup uh, on the road in Atlanta against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. So essentially, this six-game losing streak that Clemson is currently riding. And you, you don't want to toss it all off on one guy. But I think you do have to wonder at this point what is going on with Nick Honor. Now let me give you a little, a little tidbit here out of the gates to open this season. Okay, what Nick Honor was looking like. And again, I, I get it. There are some size deficiencies at five foot ten that are going to limit his opportunities. But if we go back and think about the beginning of the year and what Nick Honor was giving this team, I mean, for crying out loud, against Temple, he was a perfect 7-7 from the floor for 19 points. He scored 16 points against Bryant, 11 against Walford. And again, this is lesser competition. There's no doubt about that. 17 against Charleston Southern, 10 against West Virginia, 12 against St. Bonaventure. Not all of those, by the way, are wins. 12 against Drake. But in pretty much every other ball game, save for a sprinkle of one here or there, Nick Honor against league foes is basically vanished. And most recently, 0 for 5 against Georgia Tech during the beginning of this Clemson losing streak. 0 for 2 against North Carolina, scoring just two points in that game. 1 for 7 against Duke. In back-to-back, back-to-back-to-back games during this three-game, or at the beginning of this six-game losing streak, during the first three games, Nick Honor was a combined one of 14, scoring a grand total of four points in those three games. He did score 12 against Notre Dame on four of nine shooting, but then just four points against Florida State on one of seven and two points against Louisville on one of five from the floor. Combine all that, put that into your little mixer, if you will, and you're talking about a guy, and again, undersized, but a guy who during this six-game stretch where you've, you've now lost Hunter Tyson and you have P.J. Hall out, You're talking about a guy who is 7 of 37 from the field. And 2 of 15, 2 of 15 from the three-point line. In five out of these six games, he has not made a three-point shot. Now look, I, I can tell you, the size is something you go back, you check the tapes. People will laugh. Some kids will say, what's well, a tape? You go get the archive footage. You will find that we said here on this show that Clemson's size would be an issue. And the more I've watched this team play this year, 
And most recently, it may not even be the size issues of Alamir Dawes, who is just 6'2", 182 pounds, not severely undersized as Dawes by comparison to 5'10", 195 Nick Honor. Alamir Dawes has not been great. But oddly, even in the game where Nick Honor finally did a little something, scoring 12, guess who did a little nothing? Alamir Dawes. Against Notre Dame, Alamir Dawes, no points, 0 of 6. Like, these two guards combined have essentially played half half of these uh, six games. Like, their stats, Nick Honor has done nothing in five of them, and in the one game where Nick Honor did something, Alamir Dawes did nothing. If both of those guys were contributing, contributing, and I and I and I'm not and, and the thing about it is, Alamir Dawes, 18 points, 18 points, 18 points against Georgia Tech, 10 against North Carolina, seven against Duke, but none against Notre Dame. I mean, if 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 the other guy was just giving you a tinge of something on his off days. The six-game losing streak in several tight ball games does not exist. Again, tonight's tip-off set for 7-1 on the ACC Network. You can watch the game over there to see how this Clemson Tiger team fares. There is no doubt that this season has become uh, a disappointment at, mo- at at times, it feels like a lost cause. And tonight, against a very talented, very talented Wake Forest team, it feels like even more significant, uh, even more significant struggles may be on the way. Again, Clemson just 4-12 and in the league. Wake Forest 11-6 and overall in the conference. The Demon Deacons, and and look, here's the thing: like when you when you talk Clemson, North Carolina, Clemson, Duke, everybody knows those are those series are nowhere near Clemson's favor. And even if you stretch it to to NC State, I think most of you would say, "Yep, probably not going to play out very well." Clemson in, in Clemson's favor when you start to look at the historical numbers on it. But if you say Wake Forest, I think a lot of you want to lean in and go, maybe this one's a little tighter. Uh-uh, not really. The Demon Deacons have a 35-game lead in the history. The Deeks have won 100. Clemson has won just 65. At Clemson, however, the Tigers do lead the series 43-36. to So a little home court advantage. But the Tigers have only won 17 games at Winston-Salem, if you can believe that. 54 and 17. The Tigers have gone straight stinkopotamus every single trip to play in Winston-Salem. Nearly every single trip to play in the state of North Carolina, the Tigers stink it up. Must be the altitude or something. Neutral sites, Clemson trails five games to 10, 10 games to five, I guess, technically. But the Tigers do have a one game winning streak, and Brad Brownell is a surprising 13 and three against the Demon Deacons. So think about that. Brad Brownell has made up 10 games in a series that clips the trails by 35 overall. 
When he took over, Clemson trailed this series by 45. Brad Brownell would only have to coach for Clemson for another, what, 80-some-odd years to uh, run down the Demon Deacons, if my math is... <laughs> If my math is correct, again, after tonight's game, Clemson gets a couple of days rest, and they'll be at Boston College on the ACC Network at 3 o'clock this Saturday. Then March the 2nd, they'll host Georgia Tech on the ACC Network at home on 7 o'clock. At 7 o'clock. By the way, the next three games, tonight, tomorrow, or tonight, this weekend, and then next week, all on the ACC network. Uh, and then the Virginia Tech game to close out the regular season at home on a regional sports sports network at 2 o'clock on March the 5th, which I believe is a Saturday as well. Yes. So that's what's looming. The Atlantic Coast Conference Tournament kicks up the following Tuesday, March the 8th through the 12th. And that takes place up at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. 803-450-0086. Again, it is the show that shakes the Southland, Clemson Sports Talk. Absolutely appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out with us here uh, as we get set for this matchup between the Tigers and the Demon Deacons. I don't think there's any question Chase Hunter has to have a big game. I don't think there's any question. You got to get some productivity from Alex Hemingway and David Collins. Uh, it, it is going to be tough for the Tigers. Wake Forest with a lot of transfers that have given them a lot of success. I'll tell you what we'll do uh, here in just a little bit. When we come back, we'll shift gears to baseball. We'll let you hear Monty Lee's reaction uh, to the Tigers' victory yesterday over Coastal Carolina. Plus, I saw an interesting article about Mike Krzyzewski and his relationship with LeBron James and Kobe Bryant when Coach K was coaching the Olympic team, uh, the Redeem team, as they were calling themselves at that time. We'll, we'll get into that here on the program. Plus, uh, one other thing. You know, I talked to, I, I mentioned a few minutes ago about Nick Honor and Honor vanishing from the lineup at, at, at times recently, especially in the last six games during this streak of losses for Clemson. You know, if you go back to that Florida State game and the final 14.3 or however many seconds were remaining when Chase Hunter's bringing the ball up the court down one, I don't know this to be a fact, but I, I have a hypothesis on you know maybe what was going on in that moment. And I I didn't see any comments from Chase Hunter about it. They may, they may be out there, but I I did not see anything and I have not heard anything on it. We had a great article on Chase Hunter by the way on our website a couple of weeks ago. Great story about that young man from the state of Georgia played uh, his his high school basketball over at at Westlake. Of course, home of AJ Terrell and other star football players. All, all that being said, as a matter of fact, you know what? Instead of Monty Lee, I'll, I'll do it when we get back because I know we're right up against a break. I'm going to give you a theory. I'm just going to hypothesize here 
on what might have been going on in the waning moments, the final 14 and change uh, at Florida State a couple of weeks ago. I've got a theory. My theories aren't always right, but I want to I, I, I want to explain this one to you, and then I'll tell you a hilarious story uh, that actually took place when I was playing basketball in high school. 803-450-0086 with a quick break. Stay with us for more Clemson Sports Talk. Rolling along on a Wednesday afternoon, Lawton Swan, Clemson Sports Talk. We're on Twitter at Clemson Sports. Join the nearly 24,000 people that follow us over there. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Help us grow to 1,000 subscribers. That'll be our starting point. On YouTube, we hope, we hope to uh, balloon from there. All right, a couple of quick things here, and I, I don't want to... I don't want to sound too off the wall with this take, but I really started thinking about the final seconds of that Clemson-Florida State game and the last possession with Chase Hunter with the ball in his hand after Florida State hit a free throw to take a 81-80 lead. Now, let's, let's remember back. The Tigers, with a minute and some change left, were up by four. Florida State gets a bucket. Clemson gets the ball back. They work it into P.J. Hall. Brad Brownell and those will tell you that they think P.J. was fouled. I thought it was a tough shot. It may have been a foul. Doesn't matter. Every call is not going to be made. Florida State brings the ball down. One-on-one against Nick Honor. Guy drives to the lane. Gets where he wants. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The only thing that really hurts you is a three or a foul. Honor foul, shot goes, 14.3 left, something like that. Free throw good, now you're down one. Inbounds comes to Chase Hunter. Kind of crossing over between his legs a couple of times, not really moving. Uh, Florida State's putting a little token pressure on him, but nothing too aggressive. Just trying to slow him down a little bit. And he it it feels like he barely gets the ball across the timeline. Brad Brownell is called timeout. Clemson sets up a play, another timeout, so on and so forth. And and I, I just could not figure out, watching in that moment, because I look at the clock and I go, all right, well, look, we got 14.3. Let's get the ball up the court and let's see if we can't get let's see if we can't get up a quick shot. Maybe maybe we have to foul. Now they shoot a couple of free throws. Maybe we get one last crack at it and call it a day. But then then I started thinking. 
and this wouldn't be the first time we've ever seen this, is it outside of the realm of possibility to believe that Chase Hunter thought Clemson was up by one? I mean, we see players all, all the time get a little bit discombobulated with what's happening in a game. And I honestly thought, you know what, Clemson was up four with a minute left. There's probably a little bit of a comfort that can set in. And if you kind of casually forget what the score is, that might lead you to be a little laissez-faire with the ball coming up the bat, uh, up, up the floor. And then by the time you realize what's happening, uh-oh. The other thing that didn't happen there, I was talking to a buddy of mine about this, and this is, uh, this is on Brad Brownell too. I believe that was Nick Honor's fifth foul, which disqualifies him from the game, which gives you a free timeout. You could pull your team over. You could talk to him about the scenario and set it all up, which even if you buy into Chase Hunter, my theory that Chase Hunter didn't know the situation or the circumstance, Clemson should have taken advantage uh, of that fifth foul on Nick Honor and gotten the opportunity to talk to the team about what was taken, what you know, what the scenario was that was moving forward. 803-450-0086-803-450-0086. And had Clemson done that, then all of a sudden maybe Chase Hunter understands that it's a little bit more pressing situation and to get the ball up the court as quickly uh, as they can. And so, seeing that honor fouled out, knowing that, knowing the circumstances, you know, Clemson just was not prepared for that final moment. And I hypothesized after looking back at it and thinking through the way it played out that maybe Chase Hunter thought that Clemson was up by one and was kind of hoping that at some point he was going to get fouled. I don't know. It was a weird scenario. Go back and watch it for yourself. But again, Clemson did not take advantage of that extra time that they would have had after Nick Honor fouled out in what was a terrible play because, again, all you have to do is not foul. And the worst thing they could do is tie it with a two-point shot where the Evans, I think it was kid's name was Evans, was in the lane. Now, final thing, talking about bad decisions in basketball. When I was playing high school ball, we had this uh, tournament called the Warhorse Classic. And we're playing... And actually, no, this was the preseason tournament before the before the year, if my memory serves me correctly. And so, we have a guy on the basketball team named Buster. And one way or another, there's a foul that takes place, and our team is shooting free throws. Now, Buster is about 6'7", 6'8" talented player and he is he he does not possess inside position right because we are shooting free throws so the opponent has inside position for the rebound and our guy goes up and proceeds to make the first free throw and then on the second free throw our guy misses 
their guy gets the rebound, again, on our end of the court. And that kid was confused or didn't know what was going on in the game. And he goes to lay the ball up into our basket. This is going to be essentially a three-point trip down the floor for us. The free throw that we just made and the layup that the young man was about to shoot into our own hoop. And Buster, at six foot eight, reacted naturally to a guy shooting a ball at, your, at the hoop. And he blocked it. And he blocked it out of bounds and proceeded to kind of yell at the guy, rah! And our coach, our coach, turns around and looks at us and says, I don't know who's dumber, that guy for shooting it or Buster for blocking it. And I will never, ever forget that moment. We'll hit a quick break. We'll come back with more on the show that shakes the Southway Eclipse of Sports Talk on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to Clemson Sports Talk Law and Swan. My goodness, I love, love that story. I was telling uh, before the break, and, and I'll mention it again here. So, for those of you who may be just joining us. So, I was talking about the late-game scenario for the Clemson Tiger basketball team against Florida State a couple of weeks ago. And just kind of thinking about, you know, funny moments in, in sports. And I don't know if Chase Hunter thought that Florida State was down or what. I mean, I've seen things like that play out in a ball game, and then you kind of get into this panic mode. And with the way he was bringing the ball to the court, it just kind of seemed like maybe uh, he didn't know the, the circumstances or the situation in the game. And that got me thinking about maybe the worst one of those I'd ever seen or been a part of, I guess, technically. Uh, when I was in high school, again, uh, we were shooting free throws, like a two-shot foul. We had a big six-eight guy named Buster on the interior. Our guy hits the first free throw, misses the second. So Buster doesn't have the in, the inside position. Guy rebounds the ball. The opponent rebounds the ball. Goes to make a layup in our basket. It's going to be two points for us. <laughs> Buster blocked it. And then he was like screaming at the guy. Bah! Our coach turned around and he said, I don't know who's dumber. That guy for shooting it or Buster for blocking it. <laughs> Just a great moment, man. Situational, though, right? I mean, so much is, so much in sports is situational, and uh, understanding the circumstances and where you are and what's happening around you, and uh, you know, <laughs> still, I still, I know, I know that's a lot worse than the Chase Hunter situation. Again, I'm speculating on Chase Hunter, but I think the most egregious thing that happened in that final fourteen point three, fourteen point four was that Clemson really didn't take advantage of the fact that Nick Honor had fouled out. You get that free timeout, you know who takes advantage of that stuff? Coach K. Well, you let Coach K do it, he'd serve you a five-meal dinner right there, or five, uh, what do you call it, five-course dinner. You're going to have to blow the whistle at Coach K and say, hey, man, we got to let these guys get off the court. Speaking of Coach K, you know, his time in co college basketball is winding down, and I don't think many of you are shedding tears when it comes to uh, Coach K. But there was an interesting article in Sports Illustrated where they were talking about the dynamics between Mike Krzyzewski and the Olympic team, the Redeem team. And that was a team that was loaded with talent, LeBron, Kobe. And Kobe was going to play... 
for Mike Krzyzewski at Duke. So it's it's understandable that he would have a, a level of respect for Coach K that some people may not have. Because a lot of these pro guys have been coddled to you, you, for whatever reason, and their coaches don't have much power. But collegiately, the coaches are the big names. They are the power brokers. And there was a moment, I think, in a practice somewhere in there that uh, this article said that Coach K had gotten on Dwight Howard, who you know how I feel about Dwight Howard. I think Dwight Howard's a b- big space-wasting uh, big man whose talent was underserved and probably should have led multiple teams to, to titles. Even when he's with the Lakers, I couldn't stand watching him play. I felt like he was a guy that once he got the money, being the number one overall pick, some of his investment in himself and the sport went went kaput. And I think it can be hard. I think it can be hard for some of those guys uh, because it's such a shock to your system to get that type of money and such a game changer. Now, Coach K got on Dwight Howard, and Dwight Howard's reaction was not good, so much so that I think some players even thought that uh, it, he was going to leave practice or maybe even not return you know, for practice later. And Coach K just was not going to take any bull from the from the pros. He's got a big ego. And he was determined that they were going to win a gold medal. And so just little things he would do. Like there was a point where he wanted the players to work harder and practice more. And he would drive that home with these guys and he didn't care what their reaction was he sat down with Kobe Bryant and essentially went through some film and told him that the plays he was making were garbage garbage and with that Kobe instead of responding with an angry retort, which he may have been known to do, said, yes, coach, you know, I'll, I'll be better. Essentially I'll do, I'll do better. And it it was like showing him plays where Kobe was trying to do everything and he had wide open teammates. And so then they have this team meeting. It's a great article, by the way, the title is that's probably the first time LeBron James has ever been talked to, had ever been talked to that way. And so they're in this locker room. Everybody's waiting for LeBron, who was still a young player at the time, to, to come up and speak. And LeBron finally did. The room got quiet. And LeBron looked at everybody and said, all right, I got to plant my flag here. And he started talking about how the U.S. needed to be a no-excuse team. They go on and say he looked around the room, saw all the talent. He said, how many times do we say, man, I wish I had Chris Paul in the backcourt? I wish I had Dwight Howard with me. I wish I had Jason Kidd with me. Well, guess what? I got Dwight Howard. I've got Jason Kidd. This is what we always wanted. There are no words you can't say on the radio excuses. And that team would go on to win the gold medal. They truly were a redeemed team. And for... Mike Krzyzewski, 
to manage the egos of Carmelo, Dwayne Wade, Kobe, Chris Bosh, LeBron, Chris Paul, Kidd, Dwight Howard. I may have said Dwight Howard already, but I mean, just think about that and the job he did. Phenomenal. And uh, just is a testament to the coach that he is and the fact that coaches collegiately have a lot of power. And you just don't forget that because you're coaching some big-name NBA guys. It didn't change who Coach K was, and it worked for USA Basketball. Hopefully, coming up here in a few minutes, we'll get connected with John Blau from the Charleston Post and Courier to talk about uh, not only the Clemson Tiger baseball team and what took place uh, this past weekend, and uh, including yesterday's victory over the College of Charleston, but also get his thoughts on the Clemson Tiger basketball team. It's tonight at 7 o'clock. Uh, they will take on the <laughs> Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Don't you hate when that happens, man? Your brain just freezes for a second. All right. So yesterday after Clemson's victory over Coastal, after there it is, doing it again, College of Charleston. Now here's what Monty Lee had to say about the Tigers' 2-1 win. What a great win. Uh, you know, again, had a great crowd here tonight for a, for a midweek game. I really appreciate the fans coming out and supporting our guys. And, um, you know, it was about pitching, pitching, and pitching. That's pretty much the the story of the game. Um, you know, Billy Barlow in his first start couldn't have asked uh, for a better job by Billy in the second inning. Had bases loaded with one out. And, uh, you know, gets a huge punch out and, and keeps them to only one run right there. Uh, and then he just rolled. You know, he started to run out of gas a little bit. and. Got a couple guys on base in the fifth, and uh, we brought Jackson Lindley in, and he did a great job of just getting us off the field uh, with two guys on base with one out. Um, then in the sixth, you know, two on, nobody out. You know, Lindley gets a punch out, and Jeffrey Gilbert comes in, strikes out two guys to get us off the field in the sixth. Uh, and then, you know, Gilbert had a huge strikeout to end the inning in the seventh. And then Edmo, you know, Alex Edmondson, who was uh, – Shows just tremendous stuff. Um, just really proud of Alex. Uh, leadoff walk was all around the zone, you know, even in the walk. Uh, they stole a base and then strike out, 6-3 strike out, get off the field. And um, and then Ammons came in. And, you know, after having a, a tough outing uh, this weekend against Indiana, you know, we, you know, we, we, we trust Ryan Ammons. And, uh, you know, he came in and, and saved the game. And, you know, offensively, we really didn't do a whole lot, you know, outside of, you know, Caden, you know, hitting a two-run homer. And besides that, you know, offensively just didn't have much to show for it. But I think that was a testament to College of Charleston's pitching staff. Uh, their starter, I thought, was outstanding. And then Privet, holy smokes, you know, that fastball, he just threw the fastball right at the top of the strike zone over and over and over. And it's just an unhittable fastball when you can pitch up in the zone. Uh, so, uh, but just, again, just super proud of our club. Um, and, and the way that we won, again, had runners on base, seemed like every single inning, and we were able to pitch our way out of it. And it's just, again, it's all about our pitching staff. That is Monty Lee again following Clemson's 2-1 victory. The Tigers and the Cougars will face off again in Segra Park on May the 10th. So in the Midlands, right here in Columbia, uh, if you want to be a part of that. 803-450-0086. Billy Barlow, the freshman to start his career 
Allowed three hits and one run and seven strikeouts in four and a third innings pitched. Jackson Lindley pitched a scoreless one inning of relief to earn the win. The Tigers again moved to 4-0 on the year. The Cougars scored in the second inning on Luke Woods' run-scoring single. And in the third inning, Caden Grice, as we mentioned earlier, belted a two-run homer. His second of the year to give the Tigers the lead and extend his hitting streak to 12 games dating back to the 2021 season. The Tigers in Hartford will play at 4 o'clock on the ACC Network Extra Package beginning on Friday. As for some other news around Tigertown, coming up in about oh, 10 minutes or so, the softball team will take on the Charlotte 49ers, a 5 o'clock start uh, up at Sue M. Daltridge Stadium uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Woo! To be the man, you got to beat the man. Again, a 5 o'clock start, Clemson is 6-3. and three to kick off the year, and this is their first midweek matchup. The Tigers have outscored their opponents 42-16 to 16, uh, in games this season, including what they call run ruling, where I come from, that's the mercy rule, uh, in four opponents in two weekend matchups. I heard some conversation on the radio, and I don't, do this often, as you know, uh, about baseball, baseball in general, Major League Baseball, college baseball. And if you think about the pace of play over the weekend at Clemson, how long some of these games could get drawn out, like 19 to 4. Like that game, the second game, the Saturday game between Clemson and, uh, Indiana was just painful. The first game, 9-0, just painful. Like the final game, 5-4 extra innings. Yeah, that's fun baseball. But I have I have stood on this mountain a long time, and I don't know how many of you have been beside me, but I think more of you are joining me. I think it is a problem with baseball at all levels. I think it's a problem with our focus and the attention that we have these days. And the fact that people can't give three, four, and five hours to a ball game anymore. It just doesn't happen. There's more going on. College baseball should start, and they should mimic softball. They should play seven innings, would save on the arms, which is a problem for baseball anyway, pitcher's arms. And then lastly, they should have a mercy rule. There should be a mercy rule. There is no reason that women's Softball matchups should move at the pace they do, and college baseball is like a snail. And there have been many games I have been at for baseball where you'll get through four or even five innings in lightning quick pace. And then, boom, all of a sudden it slows down and you can't get out of there. Embrace it. Save the arms. Save the fans. And the other thing, too, like, I, I think we can all agree, right? Like, it's tough. If you want to go see Clemson baseball, three-game series, it's tough to go Friday because you got to work, Saturday and Sunday because you got to return home. If you would go to shorter games, maybe you could do some doubleheaders on Saturdays and uh, maybe have even better attended 
ball games. Just thinking out loud. Way to break hour two coming up next. Stay with us. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Ready, Just call me Swanee. Tiger style. Tiger Is our number two. That's drive time right here on the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk. Lawton Swan with you on a Wednesday afternoon. The softball team getting set to take on. <laughs> what is up with my brain? The Charlotte 49ers. Clemson baseball last night against College of Charleston. Tiger baseball team will take on Hartford this weekend. The women will host a, the softball team uh, will host a little tournament there in Clemson. And I posed a question before the break, and I'll continue the thought process on it because I'm sure some of you, when you heard it, were like, hold on, Swanee, why would you want a doubleheader? You just talked about how long these games are. Well, let's let's look at softball, for example. It is a two-hour game, max. Two hours, max. I mean, that's what they pencil in for. It's rarely, rarely you stretch it over two hours. Baseball? Who knows? How long baseball could go. And so again, I know that shortening the games doesn't necessarily cure the ills of lengthy games. They can still take place, but if you had a a mercy rule in place, you mercy rule Indiana in game one, you mercy rule them in game two, you probably save yourself a couple of innings pitch for all of these players. It doesn't really change anything. It doesn't really even take anything away from the game. As a matter of fact, I wish I wish I knew how long the game on Saturday was 
as it headed into the eighth and ninth inning when Clemson was up 16-4. to Like, I wish I knew at that moment when Indiana took their at-bat what the time was as far as the game goes. I can tell you it lasted four hours and 16 minutes. So anything after that is just extra. You know, whatever that amount of time was, extra. Two at-bats for Indiana, a three-run at-bat for Clemson. And if you're on the road, it's, it, you know, if you're not the home team, it's even more so. It's even longer because Clemson doesn't bat in the ninth. All I'm saying is, look, look, if you do this around the clock, you probably save. You probably save a lot of time and plenty of arms. And I think you could get in some double headers, which would extend the game or extend the day at the ballpark, but would also free up the weekend. And I think fans would be gracious or grateful and gracious. They would be both if that were to happen. And look, you guys are a lot smarter than me. I don't claim to be the smartest guy in the room. Well, I'm alone, so right now, technically, yes, I am. But I know that you all are a lot smarter than me. I I have one other reason. I'll let you let me know what you think, and if we can't get it in today, we'll get it in tomorrow. 803-450-0086. 803-450-0086. Text us or call. What is the ultimate driving force to? The almighty dollar, right? You don't need to be some kind of Einsteiner to figure out this mathematics formula. Like if, a, if one game of baseball takes four hours to play, and let's just say that, let's just assume that we could figure out how to shorten these games, we're willing to do it, and have mercy rules at, say, actually, that game, you know, the baseball game, I wasn't even thinking a minute ago, that baseball game would have had a mercy rule in the fifth inning, which would have definitely shortened the game significantly, right? Because you got the the rule of eight runs after five innings. So it would have shortened those that game. At least that 19-4 game. I'd have to go look back at the first game. That That's beside the point, though. That is beside the point. But if you could say, okay, these games are going to last two and a half hours. That would mean that you could play three games in about seven and a half hours on TV. TV, the mighty dollar. In a four-hour game now, you can only play two games. To get eight hours, if you're lucky. And again, I know they can be shorter, they can be longer. I, I understand that. But from ESPN's perspective, why would, wouldn't you want to fight to get more games on, to get more people in? Because I'll, I'll be honest with you. In the sixth inning of either of those two games, half of the fans have already checked out anyway. Because it's a nine-inning game and they're tired. If that's a six-inning game of a, of a seven-inning game, people are still invested. And that's always been my point. Like, I think the beauty of softball is the fact that we invest heavily in the first three innings of a baseball contest. 
Then I think people fade from about inning four to inning seven, right? And then they come back for maybe, if you're lucky, the seventh, eighth, and the ninth, but most of the time, just the the eighth and the ninth. People, I think, generally really focus in on about five innings of a baseball game. But if you narrowed it down to a seven-inning game, then your, quote, reinvestment has to happen a little bit sooner And you probably end up with only really that fourth inning where fans are kind of, uh, but even that can be a clutch inning because that could be the difference between a game being over in the fifth or going on for more baseball later. And, and, And that's the difference for me. And if ESPN starts to calculate and go, man, we could get, we can get Clemson versus College of Charleston on at one o'clock. Then at 4 o'clock, we can have South Carolina take on Temple. And then at 7 o'clock, we can get on another game. Three games, three fan, six fan bases. I mean, it just makes more sense than two games, four fan bases, and interest that wanes early. And lastly, conceptually from the standpoint of the fact that All of these games, for the most part, college, pro, are broadcast somewhere. But a lot of those options are things you have to stream. A lot of those things you have to be lucky to to be able to find. Maybe sometimes they're streaming on the team's website. Like All of that also is supported by shorter games to get more games on because Just take the MLB for a minute. If you can, instead of, let's say there are back-to-back games that are being played on uh, ESPN. Let's say they can get a Braves game on, and then later on they can get a Yankees game on. But if you had shorter games, maybe there's an opportunity to get in a San Diego Padres game. And so, again, six teams versus four. Shorter games, higher interest. To me, the ad dollars are better because the interest is higher. And what do I care if I'm Gillette, if I catch the eyeballs in the fourth and fifth inning of three different games where people are invested versus two games where at that time they're checked out? Like, Gillette would be more interested in my scenario. And they would think that it is a better marketing opportunity. And thus, baseball becomes more valuable. Baseball becomes more valuable. It is slowly, slowly, getting less and less interest from a younger generation. Now, there are some things that you can probably do in the stadium to enhance the user experience, unlike, say, basketball or football where it's very fast-paced. I mean, I could see sitting in the stands at a baseball game, having some kind of competition going on amongst the fans that are at the game and at the game only to make predictions about what the next play is going to be. Strikeout, line out the left, 
you know, you put a few thousand bucks on the line and everybody's kind of watching the game and making their plays and probably going out to the stadium. I mean, how many of you would say, Swanee, I don't really have interest in going to a baseball game because... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Gets kind of bored. I kind of get on my phone. But what if you knew that you could go and if you ended up having the best score of the night in terms of predicting what's going to happen in the ballgame, you could take home a, a thousand bucks. Well, first off, I think more people would roll into the stadium. More people would show up. Like, if I got to watch this game at home, I might as well go. If it's shorter, absolutely. I don't lose my whole night to go watch the Braves play. And there's, there's honest to goodness, there's just something about it that is so different now that our time is so jammed up with everything else. You know, in the movie, Shawshank Redemption, when Brooks gets out of prison, he says the whole world went and got itself in a, mighty, in a big hurry. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. Yes, the world has gotten itself in a hurry, and we are a part of that. And phones have made it even faster than when Shawshank Redemption came out and then with the timeline in which was set for Brooks to be getting out of prison. It's even faster now than whatever year that was for him. And finally, thinking about the Olympics. Do you prefer watching the speed skating and the 50-yard or the the... 100-yard, 100-meter dash in the Olympics? Or do you like watching, you know, like the mile or one of these, like, cross-country routes skiing? You You like the fast one. You like the one that goes the quickest. Rarely is anybody ever gonna say, you know, I really like sitting down and Spending the entire day watching a marathon. Yes, Swanee, I love watching the Boston Marathon. It is must-see TV from the start to the finish. I got to see every step. And then I want to watch the replay of it. Bull butter. You guys want to watch the 100-yard dash, 100-meter dash. You guys want to watch the hurdles. 
You guys want to see speed skating. We all do. We are a microwave society. We wanted it yesterday. Amazon bumps their delivery prices up to $139, and you say, I'll pay double if you can get it here sooner. I mean, like, that's where we are. In college baseball, in pro baseball, are losing, a, I think, a opportunity because of the length of the game and their unwillingness to do some just fundamental things that make sense. There is no reason for any fan to be sitting at a Clemson baseball game when it's 19-4. to Well, Swanee, that's the beauty of baseball. The game's never over until the final out. Oh, bull. Of all the games in the history of the world that were 19-4, to how many times has four come back in one? Well, they did once. Woohoo! Congratulations. So fans everywhere should suffer because of your one outlier. And I know it's happened more than that. But the majority of the times when it is 19 to 4, and it is probably a 99.99% of the time, when it is 19 to 4, 19 wins. But, uh, but Swanee, we can't just, it's, the, it's, it's America's pastime. No, it's past time that we do something to make the games better. That we do something to engage the fans better. That's what it's past time of. I know there is no perfect sport. I know that many sports don't have a counter to look at. Like, football doesn't really have a counter to compare to. Men's basketball collegiately sort of has a counter to look to a little bit in women's basketball collegiately where they play four quarters, where they've had in the past different shot clocks. They've had different rules from... Uh, no backcourt counts. I mean, all, there's been a lot of different things. Baseball has a counter to compare to. And if there was something collegiately in women's basketball or men's basketball that the other sport liked, I'm sure they would consider adopting it. How could you watch softball collegiately and see how quickly it moves? and see the way the play happens, and not say yes to, I think we should consider that for baseball. Don't hold, Just because your granddaddy, that's the way it always was, Swanee, when we were playing half rubber out in the backyard in the street with a stick and a half cut up rubber baseball, we played nine innings, me and my buddies. That's just the way it's always been. Um. Yes, and... The amount of time that these games has increased is incredible. 40 years ago, when I was a kid, a Major League Baseball game lasted about what I said, two and a half hours. 
In 2001, it had jumped to three hours. And now, it continues to hover at or around that number. Some longer, some shorter. But man, could you imagine what you could do to preserve arms, fans? I think not only preserve fans, but grow fans. And really increase the excitement and revenue. More games on TV. Again, this is not terribly difficult. And some of you are sitting at home going, I got a great idea. Here's what you do if you got a great idea. 803-450-0086. I want to hear your great idea. Because I got a feeling your great idea can be added to our list. of uh, You know, when we, get our, when we get to present our closing arguments, Your Honor, I'll be able to dig in and look at some of your notes and I'll say, and by the way, and by the way, we'll see how it goes. Now, according to reports, I also saw this for the, well, that's the way it's always been, fans. The first organized baseball game between the New York Knickerbockers played in 1845 in Hoboken, New Jersey, or played in 1846 in Hoboken, New Jersey. The New York Nine defeated the Knickerbockers 23-1 to in four innings. I don't know about you. That seems like... That seems like a mercy rule. I mean, four innings. It, it, so it hadn't always been nine. And I don't know if baseball's changed through the years as far as the length, but there is no reason. No reason at all that you wouldn't at least consider adjusting these games or the way this is played to make it better for the fans. By the way, the longest professional baseball game known, 33 innings back in uh, June of 1981 between the Pawtucket Red Sox and the Rochester Red Wings. Stay with us. Coming up in just a couple of minutes here on Clemson Sports Talk, we will hope to be joined by John Blau. Again, if you want to give us your thoughts on how we can improve baseball, I am going to always err on the side of being in favor of a shorter game. I've given you all the reasons, most of which I think were logical. I don't know if you think they were logical. I think they were logical. And I think add dollars at some point will be the pressure, will be the pressure point of change, which I gotta gotta say, I don't think will be bad. I don't think that would be bad for the sport, for any of us. 803-450-0086, text line, phone line. Again, be a part of the program anytime, anyplace, anywhere. I don't even know. I was thinking, I was trying to think back. Have we even mentioned football? Spring practice right around the corner. And, you know, seeing some highlights lately, of 
DJ Uyunglele, I, I got to say he's looking sharp. I know I mentioned this a couple of days ago, just that he's trying to drop some pounds. And he does. And now, listen, he's not in a uniform. There aren't defenders. It's not like a defensive line coming at him. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. But I, I do get the distinct vibe watching that his weight loss... I think is really helping him. And I I can't see how it would hurt given the fact that he's already sort of dealing with knee and knee issue. And if you think back to our conversation the other day about Zion Williamson, and again, I think there's a big difference in being the number one overall guy in the NFL I mean, the NBA draft versus a guy collegiately who has a chance to be a top-level, potentially a top-level football player playing in the NFL in the future. The one thing I will say, though, is when you're Zion Williamson and you do the things that he does at the weight that he does them, that is taxing on your ligaments, your knees, your joints. And it's the same for DJ. I think different because it's a different game, but similar in some respects. So how I think DJ continues to look between now and Clemson's spring game is a big deal. And I don't mean how he looks throwing the ball. I mean how he looks physically. And I think that with the strength and conditioning programs that are out there, There is no reason, no reason at all that he shouldn't be able to drop the pounds, continue to uh, maintain during the football season and be a little more, a little more shifty, a little more swift, a little more fleet of foot in the pocket. And if you think about what being quicker can do for your confidence, Right? Like, I understand that if I were to go out in the backyard and try to run a couple of run a couple of plays against some high school kids, after a while I'm I'm at forty five, I'm worn down, I'm not gonna be able to do it. My confidence is gonna be shot. How can I do this, coach? But you get me out there with a speed advantage. 
put some younger kids out there. Now, all of a sudden, I'm more confident. Okay, I got this. And in, when you're on the equal playing field, the only real way that you can create that advantage is to increase your speed, increase your agility. Like, nobody's ever going to expect DJ Uyunglele to be Lamar Jackson. But there's also no reason that you've got to be Jared Lorenzen. Uh, I think you can be more versatile than Ben Roethlisberger in respects to your ability to pull the ball down and run. But I think DJ's more like Ben Roethlisberger now than maybe any other player. I mean, he's just a big guy, carries big weight, big frame, lumbering, looks slow. And I can't imagine mentally what it could mean for DJ if he is a step quicker in the pocket. Imagine you go to throw the football, and because you're, you're, you're 260 pounds or whatever, a guy gets their hand on the back of your jersey. You float it. You felt it. You know he's there. But what if that never happened? What if he never touched you? What if you never knew that that defender was that close outside of your, quote, sixth sense that you're using? Not the actual sense, not actually feeling it, just the sixth sense of kind of knowing the pressure's coming. But what if you never felt it? Wouldn't it in your mind create more time to throw the football, whether it existed or not, which would create probably more accurate throws, which would generate more confidence, which would enhance your willingness to stand in there to make a key throw versus bailing on it? Like the, 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 how quickly the mental aspect of knowing, uh oh, first off, my offensive line is not, <laughs> was, was, was not exactly up to standard. And number two, I'm not exactly in the best place as it pertains to escapability. No wonder DJ looked like a deer in headlights at times. And we can all point to and say, yeah, Swanee, but he made some real boneheaded throws. Possibly. Possibly because of the pressure that he felt. Possibly because he knew he didn't have much time. And he knew even if he did have time, people were going to be on him. So now he's having to speed it up even more. But what if I present to you a lighter, more agile DJ? Might that guy be more confident? Might that guy make less mistakes? Might that guy look like the player that you thought you might have a year ago, but clearly you did not? I think it's worth asking. We had a quick break. John Blau, the Charleston Post and Courier, joins us to put a bow on the show that shakes the Southland on a Wednesday afternoon. Rocket and rolling along on a Wednesday afternoon. And, of course, John Blau with the Charleston Post and Courier. A little later than normal, but that's all right. We got to shift. We got to make changes. We're flexible here on the show that shakes the Southland. He's on Twitter at John underscore Blau. John, welcome in. I was just talking before the break 
about DJ Uyunglele. And I know that DJ's been working with a private coach. I know that they've got some goals for him to trim down some weight. And I brought this up. Like, if we think about the situational awareness that DJ has, if he's at 255, 260, whatever he was at a year ago, and he feels guys getting their hands on him in the pocket, he's not able to move, man, he might begin to rush some throws that he might not even necessarily need to rush. How big of a difference could potentially dropping some weight and being more a fleet of foot for DJ, could that be for him coming into uh, spring ball? Yeah, I mean, I think it just makes you a better athlete. I think you were talking, obviously, maybe about like a confidence factor. Um, you know, it makes me think of Deion Sanders when he says, when you eat good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, you know, all that. So uh, maybe, you know, uh, DJ could feel good, uh, kind of have a little bit of a clean slate, have some confidence. Uh, but if we go back and look at what happened last year, uh, I think there were some offensive line issues early. Um, there were some wide receiver issues. There were a lot of things that kind of dinged his confidence. And then later in the year, he has that knee injury, uh, which definitely affects you in terms of how much you can run the ball, how much you can escape, all those things. I would say number one is just getting that confidence back behind his offensive line, whatever he weighs. Um, and then two, it's about getting in sync with his guys and just feeling confident, you know, process the game. I think, I think last year, the main issue is just in terms of his progression is not quite seeing things panicking at times. And, you know, it didn't always look pretty at the end of the day when he was comfortable uh, when the offensive line played better towards the end of the year, when he got in sync with a guy like Bo Collins, who he knew in high school, um, he looked a lot better. And so, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what he looks like with some of that reduced weight. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he looks, terms of his knee, I mean, I, I think I still saw the brace was on him when I was seeing some of those uh, social media clips of him throwing at that camp in Texas. And so we still got that going on, but that might be more precautionary at this point. Uh, so when spring ball starts, we're going to see how healthy he looks and, and yet how confident he looks kind of uh, working behind that offensive line with his receivers. John, fans are fickle, short for fanatic. They'll turn on you on a dime. What does it say to you about DJ that you see him doing these things this offseason in preparation for the 2022 campaign? What does it say about him to you? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a – we heard it all season, you know, from Tony Elliott and all his coaches and teammates. Um, he, he was having struggles, but he was still coming in. He was working. I mean, he was one of the guys who was still one of the first people in in the morning trying to figure out his mistakes, trying to – figure out how you could process things faster, um, get it kind of get sharper. Um, you know, there were at times where in interviews you were wondering kind of how he was feeling, you know, whether it was getting to him just because it would get to any, you know, 20 year old kid who's not having success and was hyped up the way he was. Um, but the fact that he got better towards the end of the year, I think I heard a, a read on social media, a couple other writers uh, talking about this, just the, the fact that he got better at the end of the year after he had some of those issues, uh, while he had the knee issue, um, had some of his better games then. I think that does bode well in terms of his ability to fight through things. Uh, whether his ceiling is as high as we thought it was, I mean, that's really going to be tested this year in terms of spring ball. And, 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 you know, if he wins that and keeps the job, you know, going into the fall, what that looks like, it's kind of a wait and see in terms of that. But um, I, I do think he's shown that he's definitely not a quitter. I don't think he's a guy who's just going to slack off if things weren't going well for him. I think he's going to put everything into it, and, and we'll see kind of at the end of the day where that takes him and, and where that takes Clemson. John, the other thing, too, I would say, obviously, there's so much attention right now to Cade Klubnik and what he might look like uh, in spring. Is there a bigger storyline to follow right now from your perspective 
than these two guys, and maybe even you throw in there uh, a Hunter Johnson, if you will, and and what could come once we hit the beginning of the calendar year for football. Right. I think it's definitely the storyline that everybody's circling. Everybody's definitely always going to be paying attention to those quarterbacks. For me, uh, the news that Hunter Rayburn uh, isn't able to play anymore while well, it's a center, and that's, a, that's not as sexy for people to talk about. Um, the fact that that guy who really turned a corner towards the end of the year, the offensive line really turned a corner when it was Hunter Rayburn and, and Mason Trotter in there with the three other usual suspects. Um, the fact that he's not able to play anymore, there, there is an issue in terms of who's going to be that next center up or is it going to be a, a left guard up if Mason Trotter is able to be that center. Um, that, that is the biggest concern for me going into spring ball. And then the quarterbacks behind that, because again, like we were just talking about DJ like when there's issues with the offensive line, there are going to be issues with you know, how comfortable are those quarterbacks? How much time are they going to have? How well are you going to run the ball uh, and kind of take pressure off those quarterbacks? Um, so, yeah, I know I absolutely think DJ and Cade uh, is the story that everybody's going to be talking about, you know, another five-star versus, you know, new five-star. But um, uh, that offensive line situation for me is, is the thing that I'm really curious about. When you mentioned Rayburn stepping away from the game, it makes me think about like 25 years ago, right? Like when I was in college, how many guys would have just kept playing through things like that? And I'm not saying this says anything about Rayburn specifically, but more so about our awareness of what can happen to guys if they try to play through some things like that. Yeah, I mean, it was supposedly a neck and stinger issue. Um, you know, I, I can definitely imagine, I can't think of any stories off the top of my head, but of old school guys, you know, back in the 70s and, or 80s or whatever, saying, yeah, I dealt with that for two, three, four, five years and just kept on playing. Um, and yeah, we know now that obviously there are issues, A, with concussions. That's obviously the big uh, buzzword type of deal that, that everybody's always been talking about more on the impact of the brain. But there's also, again, uh, you know, medical issues like we saw with Justin Ross last year, uh, where he had that congenital condition that now, you know, he had a, he took a hit in a certain way. They thought it was a stinger. They check it out and they see there's actually a bigger problem there, which who knows how much longer it would take for something like that to be detected, you know, back in the day. I don't know. But yeah, with Hunter Rayburn, I, I think there is a, an awareness from these guys. Again, I think because of the concussion issue that, that, that your health is important. And at the end of the day, it's not worth uh, playing with, through certain things because, you know, you might get a few more years of football, but are you going to have that much more of your life that's not going to be that, you know, quality? And so it, it's an absolute gut punch. I can't imagine what it's like for Hunter Rayburn. Uh, again, he was playing so much better at the end of the year, uh, and then this happens, and he, and he realized that it's not a good idea to keep playing football, and he just has to kind of hang it up. And he's still going to be a student assistant, supposedly. He's still going to be around the program, uh, but it's tough for Hunter, and I'm sure it's tough uh, for his teammates as well. We will hit a quick break and come back with John Blau right after this. Stay with us. What have you done for me lately? It's a fair question. Just don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Don't forget history. Lucky for us at Clemson, the answer to the questions, what have you done for me lately, and what have you done always, are the same. We win. 
Final segment on the show that shakes the Southland on a Wednesday afternoon. John Blau from the Charleston Post and Courier joining the program. And, John, I know we talked a lot of football in the last segment, but I got to say it was a John Blau weekend up at Doug Kingsmore Stadium as the team you used to cover, Indiana, was taking on the Clemson Tigers, a three-game sweep for Clemson. Of course, last night they knocked off uh, the College of Charleston 2-1. to one. Uh, Just give me some of your initial impressions of the matchup, obviously, and then you know what you expect to see from this Clemson Tiger baseball team after getting a chance to witness them a little bit out of the gate this weekend. Yeah, it was a little bit of a blast from the past going there covering uh, you uh, at Clemson. I think I tweeted it's kind of almost like one of those dream sequences where you know there's different parts of your life and they're all converging in one storyline. It doesn't make sense. It's like, why am I covering IU, but I'm at Clemson? What's going on? Uh, but at the same time, it was interesting because IU is a completely new team. I mean, they, they've graduated pretty much their entire roster, uh, either graduation or to the pros. And so it was all, you know, a misfit bunch of transfers that uh, Clemson was playing. And, and honestly, they were just not really in sync. And I, I think Clemson looked great, you know, obviously considering the season they had the year before. Uh, to get off with off the, you know, opening weekend with a three-game sweep, I think is really, really big for them. Uh, but also that Indiana pitching staff, I, I think they walked 33 batters in three games. And they also hit, uh, I think, another seven or eight batters throughout the weekend. So uh, a lot of free passes, uh, a lot of a lot was given to Clemson. Uh, but if you're a Clemson fan, I, I think the really huge deal um, was the the performance by Mac Anglin. I think that makes me feel better about at least one starter in that rotation. I mean, he was hit 96 miles per hour in that game. I mean, in February to be already throwing 96. I mean, that's a that's a power arm right there. Um, and then also the relievers, uh, just a, a bunch of guys uh, came in and had great performances. Obviously, uh, Jeff Gilbert, um, you know, Jay Dill, um, Alex Edmondson looked pretty good in the closer role. Just a bunch of guys. I mean, I could name uh, Olin Chuck. I mean, there's there's a there's a ton of guys uh, yeah. that were to combine. I think they combined for about 18 innings, a little over 18 innings, and gave up a couple of runs. And uh, to be able to string things together that way and, you know, have a depth of arms like that. Uh, that is a huge deal uh, going through a baseball season. John, game one, nine nothing. Game two, nineteen to four. I've been a proponent for a long time of the mercy rule in in baseball, and I've further been a proponent of uh, shortening baseball games, especially collegiately. We always hear about these guys' arms and how concerned people are, but nobody ever wants to talk about making the change to maybe make the games a little bit faster paced for the fans and the media and everybody in general. What say you, traditionalist? Swanee, you're way out of bounds, or no, those same thoughts have too crossed my mind. Yeah, no, actually, those those same thoughts have crossed my mind. I remember being at the opener, and, and I, I was asking myself again, I've covered college baseball, I just, I forget sometimes, I'm like, wait, do we have seven innings, or nine, or are we halfway there, or are we a third of the way there, or we're having that thought, <laughs> right. and um, but uh, yeah, especially when you have those series, when again, Indiana was walking so many guys, I mean, they were just not there you know they were just not executing uh, between pitcher and catcher it really makes the games kind of long and it makes them kind of ugly at times uh college softball obviously has a mercy rule um they had a, they've had a bunch of walk-offs we talked about you know clemson softball what they've been able to do uh, but clemson baseball uh, uh yeah i mean it wouldn't have been any worse for clemson if they won the game you know uh 14 to 4 instead of 19 to 4 if it had ended an inning or two earlier um, yeah, I, I don't. I would have no problem whatsoever uh, with the mercy rule. And, and again, you talk about arms. 
These are college students. Um, maybe, you know, again, not wanting to burn them out, not having to, you know, bring in a Caden Grice. I mean, I remember in the preseason, we we're talking about Caden Grice focusing yeah. on being a position player. And then you have that extra inning game and he has to come in in the 10th and obviously gets uh, hit around a little bit. I mean, you have the base is loaded, but gets you out of it. Um, huge performance by hand just getting out of that inning. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, maybe it's better off if you don't have to go to a Caden Grice and just, he can just be a, a first baseman and a right fielder and all that. Um, so, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I, I think you have a point there. I think it would make sense. Couldn't agree anymore. I'll be honest with you, John. <laughs> Real quick, final thing. We'll shift to basketball. The Tigers uh, tonight taking on the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Uh, the Deeks probably surprising a lot of people. Steve Forbes, I think, in his third full season there. Uh, the job he's done. What do you expect to see from Clemson in what feels like, again, another must-win game as they look to snap a six-game losing streak? Yeah, I mean, it's just a really, really tough matchup. And it's an interesting uh, dynamic just because uh, Steve Forbes is probably doing what you know people wish Clemson would do, which is um, bring in heavy in the transfer portal. And Brad Burnell's not been afraid. I mean, he brought in you know Nasbo Hannon and he brought in David Collins. But if you look at that roster that Wake Forest has assembled, uh, just a ton of transfers. Um, you know, Williams, Laravia actually covered uh, Jake Laravia in Indiana. He was an Indiana All Star um, at Lawrence Central. Uh, turned into a great player, went to Indiana State, and then, you know, I'm doing a great job for Wake Forest. Um, so, you know, in a way, it's it's encouraging. If you have a bad season like Clemson has had, you know, you can restock potentially, go get guys like that, and you can be turned around just like Wake Forest did. Um, at the same time, um, you like to be a developmental program as well, and that, that's what Clemson is dealing with right now. Obviously, P.J. Hall is a sophomore. Uh, they're dealing with some of his a learning curve, even though it's been a very shallow one. Had a great year, but then he gets hurt, and Hunter Tyson's been out, and he was really one of your veteran leaders for a team that has some youth in some different areas, especially in the front court right now. With Ian Shifflin having to play a lot of minutes, Ben Middlebrooks, and all that. Um, it's just been a, it's been a tough year, but again, uh, Wake Forest kind of shows you how quickly you can turn things around if you get into that portal and you get the right guys, and they most definitely did. Follow him on Twitter at John underscore Blau for the Charleston Post of Courier. John, man, we'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. We got to get out of here. As always, y'all take care now and go Tigers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.